1: Go to CloudOptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's CloudOptimizer.com. Hello, I'm Scott Soshton. And I'm Evan Novi williams and this is the Can You Take Me Higher? Sports Business Podcast, The Sportacast.
0: See, I thought you were kidding that you were going to start with Creed, but you know me. Like, I would have had this thing. It never works because I just, you know, we don't have the, uh, the techno savvy here, but I, I would have had it all teed up on my <laughs> phone. But now I'm trying to do it as we speak. Creed, take me higher. Go. Let's see how fast. It, oh, here, look at this.
1: Here comes the copyright infringement.
0: Yeah, here comes it. Well, that's okay. You know, <laughs> we haven't gotten the C&D letter yet, so that's right. Hold on. This is like, yeah, I'm hitting go, hitting play. Let's see. Let's go I'm going to probably Have a commercial first Yeah there's a commercial First figures (laughs) My son actually I refuse to get him The premium Spotify stuff And he's like Dad it's so embarrassing In the locker room Or I want to play music And they all make fun of me I'm like Well tough You don't need it That's ridiculous You can sit through A two second commercial Here we go (laughs) But I can hear this In my headphones Just fine So don't tell me The quality here Is not good enough
1: Uh, What a tune right there not every day you get to start the show with Creed.
0: I, I loved this song when it came out. This this gets me going every time. I hear I hear Take <laughs> Me Higher. I think it's a great song.
1: Well tell the people why we are why we're listening All right, to I'll it. it. I'll put
0: it a little I'll let it play in the background. I don't know how close it is. We are doing this because the Texas Rangers, earlier in the playoffs, you know, they uh, they said much of their success had to do with the playing of this very song and the band in their clubhouse. And it's become a thing. And downloads for the band, not, not quite uh, nationally yet, but definitely in Texas, downloads of streams of this song and their album are rising. And I chuckled that Kirk Cousins yesterday after the Vikings won said, you know, it's part of the thing. One of the reasons why is because, you know, they, took, they borrowed a page from the Rangers and they were playing Creed in the, in the locker room. Yeah. So I think if the Rangers went, hold on. That's my old DJ days right there, right there on cue um but if the rangers go i'm going to shut this off now but yeah. if if the rangers do indeed make it to the world series i will predict that that band is interviewed they become part of the broadcast and this becomes a much bigger story
1: yeah this is a this is a fun one you you see this a lot um who was the hockey team playing Blink One Eighty Two? Was it the Was it the Avalanche a couple years ago? Um, th- these songs that become a, a thing for fans or for players, and then bleed into uh, bleed into the actual business for these bands. Uh, the, we, we wrote last year about that narco song, the Timmy Trumpet song that, yep. that Edwin Diaz, the Mets closer, would come out to, uh, and how that just became a sensation in New York for for baseball fans for a little while. Um, and economics wise, I'm sure it works out great for Creed. I don't, I don't know exactly. There's what no the, downside uh, what to Creed. What the, what yeah play for, play per stream situation is for them on Spotify. But yeah, this has got to be great for them.
0: Kudos to our friends over at Luminate, like within two minutes of me saying, Hey, I'm just curious. Can you guys pinpoint for me, whether the downloads in Texas or nationally are on the rise for, for Creed? they, they were back and they, Oh yep, we got a bump in Texas for sure. Um, and we'll see uh, what, what becomes nationally, but this is the kind of stuff I love. I love to follow this and see if, if Texas wins, if something bigger Becomes of it. Then we'll probably have the lead singer. What's his name? I don't know. We'll have the lead singer at next year's Invest in Sports. The <laughs> lead singer of
1: Creed. Yeah. I do, I do what do not you think? Know that. Next year's
0: Invest in Sports. We'll have him as a as a guest, right? Yeah, not that'd just, be great. Not that'd just Steve great. Cohen. Speaking of uh, Narco, not just Hal Steinbrenner, not just David Blitzer, not just Derrick Cardinal, Cardinal. Um, not just Jimmy Haslam, not just uh, Jessica Berman. Uh, what did you take away from the All Star uh, Conference we had last week?
1: Yeah the uh, so much I mean I think the 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 and and it's a self-selecting group uh, I was surprised at how bear, uh, bullish everybody is on sports right? We talk about a lot of things on this show about what's happening in the media world, what's happening in the investment world. Everybody seems to be full steam ahead on sports as an asset class, uh, which is a relatively, in the broader marketplace, I would say a relatively new thing, maybe in the past five years. Um, And now that everybody has woken up to that idea, uh, it certainly seems as though valuations are, regardless of what happens in the macro economy, seem to just be going up and up and up. And well, interesting to see if that if, if that changes at all or if it just continues to be that way.
0: My uh, favorite part was the dichotomy between Hal Steinbrenner, owner of the Yankees, <laughs> and Steve Cohen, owner of the Mets.
1: Yeah, which you knew. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but they, no, but I mean, they made news
0: for two different reasons. Like, Hal was discussing the organizational meetings that were had in Tampa. Now, I think folks in the media knew that the organization was having a meeting, but. Hal kind of expounded or expanded on what was discussed, and it got nasty at some times, but respectful. So, of course, everybody, the reporters in attendance were asking how right away about this meeting, and that's what was written about. Steve Cohen, on the other hand, when we always talk about things that are germane to sports, the pillars, real estate being among them, and Steve Cohen offered up some very interesting comments about the parking lot in the area surrounding city field. Yeah. What, what did he say? Something like, there, like it's, it's nothing it's, but concrete. Uh, you, can, you can get your hubcaps, and, yes, you fi- and you can get your catalytic converter
1: back. It's only useful if you, if but, you need a hubcap fixed or something yep, like that. Yep, yeah. yep,
0: so, uh And he's right. There's a reason why he has put in for a casino license, and yep. he talked about his visions. He's got a lot of visions and plans, and he, he didn't really say exactly what it would be, Um, because he has to see if he gets the casino, whatever. Um, But surely, much like Dodger Stadium, where they're waiting to see, and Frank McCourt still owns 50% of that, you're waiting to see what they will build there, how will it become ancillary. But Steve was talking about, of course, the soccer stadium's going there, NYCFC. But it's clear, much like Patriot Place, fans want a place to go pregame and postgame. It has to be a destination. So uh, I can envision much what, uh, oh, John Ledecky was there, one of the Islanders, and he was mm-hmm. talking about the mixed-use development that he and Scott Malkin are putting together. Ted so, Leonsis
1: touched on some of this as well. Ted
0: yeah. Leonsis talked yep. much on, yeah, so thank you. See, I kept, I'm like, who am I forgetting here, Ted Leonsis? Yeah, <laughs> of course. Um, so you can see the vision for what Steve Cohen thinks can be around City Field. It's not just about the sport anymore. We talk about it all the time. There are many tent poles, finance. Media and he talked media as well. Uh, but real estate is going to be really, really interesting part for what's happening over at City Field.
1: A lot of people on that stage, Scott, were asked about what areas they're looking at next. If they had X amount of dollars, where would they be going? There was somewhat Un- consensus. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, women's sports and youth sports yep. were, were, were the two that came up the most in terms of maybe things that, that a lot of these investors were not thinking about four or five years ago, but they are definitely thinking about now. Neither of those things necessarily surprised me, Scott, but, but certainly the consensus. The consensus, the agreement among pretty much everybody who was there, um, I think, really underscores that both of those areas are areas we're going to see a lot more money flowing into, and probably a lot more valuation growth moving forward.
0: I was a little surprised by the youth sports fervor, Hmm. Uh, you know, and we know you of all
1: people, I feel like, understand the the business. I I do, I do,
0: but I'm just wondering where's the ROI, you know? And I I can see the big, big brand stuff, and HBSC already purchased Ripken Baseball. Yeah. Right. And they got the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. That's a huge. Term. I, I get that. I guess the success there lies in aggregation, right? I mean, it's just numbers and then scale. There are, there's something in the hockey rings called Live Barn, where if you can't make it, you know, it's funny before our games, uh, there's always the parent group chat and it's parents at home saying, Hey, what rink are we in? Is it rink one or three? I need to know for Live Barn. So, I mean, it's a thing. Now you see, can you scale it to the gymnasiums? for volleyball and basketball? Can you do it for the soccer fields? And think about that recurring revenue stream. Do the math of all the schools in the country and the people who want to sign up. And whether it's $9.99 a month or 19 I don't even... I am the one, by the way, I am the one odd hockey parent that does not have a live-bind account. I just, If I'm not there, I ain't watching. Yeah, you're, you know? you're usually there, though. Yeah. I am usually there. But even if I'm not, I go the old... I'm Old schoolers can be there. Just text me when somebody scores. <laughs> and then you have to sweat it. By the, that's really the worst way to watch a youth hockey game. My kid's in net, and somebody's texting me. You know, two two, four minutes to go. Two two, a minute oh, minute eight to go. Three two. Uh, you know, it's like oh, it's every time you get the bing for a text message. You're like oh, please let this let, let us score. <laughs> Not the easy way to watch.
1: Yeah, I think you. I mean, you nailed it. The the, the thing about youth sports is is the is the, is the huge amount of scale. The fact that, as you are well aware of, um, all this stuff is very expensive, and there's a lot of parents who are willing to open their checkbook to do have this flashy thing, this other thing. I, training is an interesting one. The the live streaming that you're talking about there with Live Barn statistics. The, the keeping an organization of statistics, uh, just the organization of teams themselves. The and recruiting. by the way, tech-friendly
0: now. You, you've got, you know, you've got a, a lot of ad, advanced analytics at the higher levels.
1: Uh, the, the the recruiting process, the yep. the recruiting video process. There is a whole bunch of these ecosystems that have been um, – no one has actually really, I, I don't think, yet – made them at scale for, for a national audience. And, and youth sports certainly seems like – I think when people say I'm interested in youth sports, facilities, Scott, another huge yep. one, um, big either hockey or soccer, big fields, at, whatever is. We're on is. our way at
0: Phoenix for C-Suite at uh, yeah. the start of uh, November. They, they will bring thousands of teams, whether it be baseball or soccer or lacrosse, to the Phoenix area. Yeah. They have huge facilities.
1: Yeah. So I think all of this is is just the opportunity to scale to such a large group of people as opposed to professional sports, right, which is 250 teams in in the U.S. Shout
0: out, by the way, to the city of Utica. Speaking of facilities, I had no idea. The Nexus Center in Utica is a beautiful three-rink hockey facility right next door to where the uh, Devil's Farm team, the Utica Comets, plays. We took in the uh, Comets and the Syracuse Crunch Utica on Friday Comets. night. But, I mean, this facility something. Like, I wonder how often they use it, but they did for this tournament. All the hotel. Good luck, by the way, this weekend. Good luck getting a hotel room within 20 miles of Utica. So many teams there. So you see sort of the sport business component of there. But you said, uh, you know, open the, or cut the check. You said that earlier. You yeah. know who will not cut the check?
1: Uh, Sheikh, uh, Sheikh Jassim, Jassim bin Hamad Al Thani. Th-
0: that's who yeah. is not cutting the check. <laughs> that is exactly right. And uh, the Manchester United stock is tanking on the news that uh, the Glazers may be only selling 25 percent of the club and not surrendering control to Jim Ratcliffe as had appeared earlier. So yeah, I thought for sure. I think early on people were figuring All right, Sheikh Jassim, if he wants if he wants the club, it'll be his. He'll pay whatever. Guess what? Not the case.
1: Yeah, it turns out not to be true, and 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 the, the the stock dropping is is interesting because there there's still some confusion. Reporting says that 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 Jim Ratcliffe, British billionaire, zooming in on a on a 25 percent uh, purchase, a, a minority stake in, in Manchester United. It's unclear if that includes Class B shares only, which is Glazer shares, or if it also includes some Class A shares, which are the publicly traded shares. So if you are a uh, Manchester United stock owner and maybe purchased something in the past three months, which many many people did, thinking that Sheikh Jassim Al was going to buy 100 percent of the club, including all of the Class A shares. Um, now you're maybe facing a prospect where uh, Ratcliffe buys just 25 percent from Class B, which is just the Glazer shares. Uh, you don't get anything paid out of your own shares, and now suddenly you're you're back holding uh, a Manchester United shares, which which were worth a lot less back when the 100 percent sale. Uh, was was not on the table, so an interesting one there for for investors and an interesting one for Manchester United, Scott, as we've talked about on the show a lot. The the economics of European soccer are tough, the costs are soaring, uh, the player costs specifically um, w- with no end in sight. Uh, teams like Manchester United have a bit of debt, they need money, they need to figure out what they're thinking about with their stadium, etc. Uh, so so twenty five percent on a six. Billion dollar valuation is roughly one and a half billion dollars, if my math is right there. I think um, that's it's exactly one and a half billion <laughs> Great. Nailed it. Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Elder. Um, the uh, Yeah, I think that that's a lot of cash, right? That's a lot of money to be able to use at your disposal. Uh, so we'll see what they do with it. But uh, interesting that after months and months and months of this process, it looks like instead of getting a full sale of Manchester United, we're instead getting a fairly significant minority stake sale.
0: I find it interesting you chose Mr. Elder. What grade math was Mr. Elder? Why did you uh, pick him?
1: Mr. Elder was fifth grade. Oh, fifth. I, I
0: think. was. See, I thought yeah. usually credit would go for this fourth, something to the seventh. Grade? You went early.
1: Yeah, maybe I was a genius back then. Maybe I could do twenty five percent of six. Yeah, we'll say I was we'll, a prodigy. We'll, leave it, at, we'll yeah. leave it at maybe. So I'm checking. Yeah.
0: By the way, at, at Invest, a number of people did discuss you know possible European soccer investments, yep. mm-hmm. and as we said, your your biggest cost is is players. Player salaries, and there is no control like the NFL. There's no salary cap. So, multiple people said that would scare me off for now. The fact that there's totally. just no control. And it seemed, by the way, they seem to be escalating. I know yep. we're, we're, there's talk a bit uh, of getting this, uh, reining it in, but for now, It's no holy grail of the NFL where your biggest cost is capped.
1: And not only are the costs rising, but the wealth of the people you're competing against is also rising. When you have teams that are owned by Middle Eastern countries or sovereign wealth funds, right, who are... $700, $600 Seven hundred, six hundred billion dollars in the bank. Um, that's a little bit different than competing against your fellow billionaire, which which is what what's happening right now in most U.S. sports. So yeah, not only the costs rising, but the costs are rising largely because the people at the top of the uh, of the ecosystem, from a spending standpoint, uh, have have more or less unlimited funds. And I agree with you. I think that would scare me also if I was uh, if I was an investor.
0: Well, that's because you know Mr. Elder. He, he told you so, <laughs> taught you so well. You know that no cap, and you, you can do those. Exactly, many, many, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember. Now, I usually bring in the, uh, the Sashnik uh, value add, and on this one, it's only half because I don't remember what he said. But I do remember <laughs> asking years ago. I remember asking Mark Cuban, is it success if you win the championship but lose money? Mm. And if I know Mark, and I really don't remember what he said, but I'm going to guess what he said. I mean, it was just one of those, you know, you're who knows you're at practice and you're you're on the court and you and you you know you throw a question. And you're just having a conversation. Um, my guess would be that for the first championship, yeah, Mark would say, "I don't care. Yep, I don't care if I lose five, ten million dollars, twenty. Million, I don't care. I want the ring. I won the championship. Subsequent championships, though, you'd have to." make a profit, and win. That would be the success. Now, if you ask some of the owners in the EPL, uh, I don't think the answer would be the same. It would be just win. Yep. Just get me a Champions League, get me an EPL championship, and we're happy. You know, we can, it doesn't have to be straight up ROI on, on that team. And I'm looking at Man U right now. Are you familiar with your table now? You know, are you are you paying attention to the EPL season? Uh,
1: only vaguely. Okay. Uh,
0: in the tenth position, middle of the pack. Okay. Yeah, tied with Palace, one point behind. Speaking of wealth funds, Newcastle. Okay. So, I mean, safe, nowhere near relegation. Um,
1: <laughs> which is not the metric that they want you thinking about Manchester no, no, United. But, in I mean, to be it, very you have clear. to be comforted right now. Yeah. If you're, the
0: majority of the uh, of the EPL should be should be happy with Sheffield. Because they've got one point. Okay. Know, okay, they're yeah. they're going down. Bournemouth has Bournemouth three. Is bad. Burnley I mean that, is yeah. four. Luton four. Luton Town. Everton at seven. Brentford at seven. So, with the two below you, even Brentford and Everton, I'm not saying they feel comfortable, but you're looking at the bottom going. There certainly there's a significant quartet of those that are tucked at the bottom vying for those bottom three positions.
1: Yeah, Manchester United wants you thinking about where they are in Champions League, right? Of they of they of want course. you, well, you to be top four, not talking you move about up. the bottom. Uh, Chelsea also, I know, is is, is down there. And, Wait, hold on.
0: Yeah, let me see my Chelsea position. Hold on, hold on. Chelsea, 15th?
1: Chelsea.
0: No, actually 11th, right behind oh. Man U, one point. There you go, okay. So right Tied with Fulham. Yeah. Speaking gotcha. of Shad Khan. There I know we go. weren't speaking of Shad Khan, but... <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't by the way do you Amazing. like my new moonlighting do you notice I've, I've I did not soften the overhead normally it's a very harsh overhead light I use the uh, you know the dimmer okay I, I, very I think savvy this is a much, <laughs> yeah yeah huh? very savvy I think this is a much better look for me it well, looks good yeah I agree
1: all right let's <laughs> post, looks, this, post <laughs> this clip <laughs> Let's move on. Some big news in baseball, Scott. Surprising, uh, I think, both of us. Kim Ng, the general manager of the Miami Marlins, the first female general manager in baseball history, made the playoffs this year, and the team uh, announced this morning that she was not is not coming back next year. Um, the, there was a mutual option on her contract. It sounds like the team was willing to have her back, uh, but what, she declined the option.
0: Someone explain this to me? Because this was a good yeah. question from Matt Bach, our, our uh, managing editor. Like I don't, I don't get this mutual option one no one yes. Why not just have the contract expire then, and then if you want to re up, everybody re ups. Like,
1: I think there's value in in having the terms laid out. Maybe there's not. I don't know. It's 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 an interesting question. I, I mean, the it, team it,
0: just got burned. This is a terrible look then in the Marlins. Yeah, we, yeah, we want you back. No,
1: I mean, she's leaving. That's yeah. the, I mean, it, it, I think the option part leave, is maybe the, not as important as like she's she's going to take a different job (laughs) yeah red sox red sox red sox certainly seem like one of the ones that people are 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 speculating against that would be uh that would be a a jump up i think in 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 prestige certainly of 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 franchise uh would be great for her um the the miami has gone through a lot of changes on ownership side and also on executive side in, in the past few years this is just the uh just the latest, but uh, th- th- I know there were a lot of people that were impressed with her, the job that they did, getting this team into the playoffs this year, which, which not a lot of people expected, um, and, and certainly a step back, I think, when, when, when that general manager decides to leave fairly abruptly.
0: Yeah, I'm mean, I, surprised by the move, but not surprised by the move. You, you are following the Olympic sports. You've been on that. You were chatting with Casey Wasserman not yeah. long ago. You've been following this, uh, I, and I said to you, this feels X Games to me. This feels like a way of just trying to get renewed interest. And my, my buddy, Alan Abrahamson, wrote a column the other day talking about that Taylor Swift has what the Olympics needs. And, it, and it's buzz and it's reach and it's <laughs> young people. You know, yeah. 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 I mean, ta- ta- like, they got to figure out how to get Taylor Swift involved in the Olympic movement and, and not just the Kansas City Chiefs in the NFL. Um, I, I, I'm just going by my focus group of one guessing yeah. he has not heard this news. Guessing he does not care about this news and guessing he will not say, hey, dad, put on the Olympics when they're on. You know, I want to see baseball, softball, lacrosse uh, and the others. I I just don't see this working for him. And then I ask, what does that mean for the 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 attempt to reach a bigger audience.
1: It's going to be a really interesting four or five years in in the Summer Olympics world. We have the Paris Games coming up next year. They are going to be a, a massive commercial bonanza. The, the the last the last summer olympics was was in tokyo it was delayed a year because of covid it was kind of a dud from a hospitality and a sponsorship and i think for a lot of athletes also was was kind of an underwhelming experience everybody seems to to be hoping that tokyo that that, that france next summer is going to be kind of the, the reemerging of the olympics as a as a thing and then you start the four year clock on to la which if you're looking for kind of the the Taylor Swift style like celebrity people. buzz, L.A. is a great city to do that sure. in, right? And, and Casey Wasserman is a pretty darn good person to be to be leading the charge to get that together. I think the L.A. games are going to be from, a, because it's America, because this is the biggest sports marketing uh, industry in the world, because we live here also, I think it's going to feel more like an Olympic thing than, than maybe we've felt in this country in, in a very long time. Adding these six sports, which were official as of Monday morning, Scott: squash, cricket, baseball, softball, lacrosse, and flag football. Um, I think X Games is maybe an interesting comparison. I think they're just trying things, right? Every every host nation gets a chance to add I'm a couple sports that that they think their 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 home audience really likes to see. Um, and this is, I think that it's, it's, it's flag football because there's a lot of football fans here, baseball and softball, obviously huge sports in this country. Um, cricket is not a huge sport in this country, but there's a lot of investors and it's a huge sport internationally lacrosse, uh, uh, the, the only sport, I think major sport that was founded in, in North America was, was created here. Um, so, so a big tie to North America for that. Um, and then, and then squash, I find squash to be a really interesting one because of the, the the way in which you can you can play it pretty much anywhere in a in a glass cube. I'm sure that LA is going to be thinking about fun things for that. Um, but yeah, I think this is we're going to see more of this from the Olympics. I know they're they're talking about reviving their attempts at maybe having an esports competition of some sort, maybe not part of the games, but something right around the games. Auto racing got fairly close in terms of maybe trying to get into the, into the Olympics for the first time. There, there's a lot of interesting things happening here as the Olympics, like every other, every other sports property, tries to figure out what's going to get interesting buzz, what's going to get kids watching, et cetera.
0: So where exactly did Dr. James Naismith post his peach basket on a pole?
1: Very good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe that was uh, Kansas France. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, Kansas, Kansas France. <laughs> one of the few forts that was uh, was founded in North America. Okay,
0: yeah. all right. All right. And, and I joke, and we see again. I love things that make me laugh and too much. But so Aaron Rodgers comes out on the field before the Jets beat the Eagles, mm-hmm. and he's throwing the football. I get it. It's you know he had Achilles surgery. He's not using crutches, and like the world erupts with. Oh, my God, Aaron Rodgers is throwing, to which you and I do our thing. And I, and I like when, like, you know where, where I'm going. I'm like, he didn't have elbow surgery. <laughs> like, if he was running through cones, I'd be like, wow, look at Aaron Rodgers. But he was pretty much just not exactly pushing off with his, you know. He was just standing there throwing a football, and the world erupts like, oh, my God, can you believe how quickly he's recovered? But anyway, uh, the story I, that we wrote, they got a lot I, I of attention. Agree with, I
1: agree with you, by the way. Yeah, just, I'm like, yeah he's this throwing. This like,
0: he didn't have shoulder or elbow surgery. That would be impressive. He's it, just standing there throwing a football. He's in not throwing some ways, yards.
1: this is this is like essentially what what a lot of quote unquote journalism is now. It feels it very is look like at me throwing praise at something. It's either a clip or it's a single statistic. It is like, oh my gosh, this is amazing because of this one thing. Uh, and then if you think about some of these things for a half a second, which you clearly did, about where Rogers. Oh, was I injured. gave it a solid Three seconds. Yeah. Uh, the things start to crumble around that. But I agree with you. I do think it's funny that, that, that one little clip like that, and suddenly Aaron Rodgers is a, and it's a medical he's ready marvel. To return. And he, yeah, yeah. He's, He'll be he, playing in week he eight. He might play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He'll be back all, in week eight. Yep. I, I think it's, it's all very, it's insanity. Uh, very, very silly.
0: But what is not insanity is the sports business tie. Uh, you and our friend Daniel Libet did Yeoman's uh, journalism, and you found out that the New York Jets, despite several attempts by insurers, chose not to. To ensure Aaron Rodgers' contract, uh, could have saved them in the aggregate with twenty twenty-five million bucks had they done it with this injury, uh, but they chose not to. Your reporting says what?
1: This is an interesting one. The, the, there are some NFL teams that try to ensure all of their star players' contracts, so that if something happens, if that player gets hurt and misses games, they get some kind of financial recoup for that. Then there are other teams that, from what we understand, don't do it at all. And and the Jets are one of them. So they signed 39-year-old quarterback Aaron Rodgers to a new $75 million guaranteed deal uh, in the offseason. And... There were offers. They, they, they at least looked at the pricing to a degree, and then decided. Well, say what this the pricing is, this was. Is not what we do. I think there were multiple offers, but but from what we understand, the premiums were anywhere between like nine hundred thousand dollars and four or five million dollars, and that was going to cover some range. The upper end of which That's was sixty percent of the, the deal. Was the twenty? Yeah, was was roughly twenty million dollars or so. They owed him thirty-six million, I think, this year. Um, so not cheap. And and if you can imagine, in the world of 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 insuring an athlete. A 39-year-old quarterback is probably one of the more well, not expensive only 39, uh, but let, let's look at this more ones.
0: holistically. Yeah. Let's look, look holistically. You're the opponent for the New York Jets. What is, in your defensive scheme, what is the number one thing that's on the blackboard as you're going into each and every game?
1: Aaron Rodgers. Kill the quarterback. <laughs> get pressure yeah that's it
0: no, no 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 it's not get pressure it's not pressure it's it's, <laughs> it's we'll, <kill. laughs> we'll we'll take a 15 yard penalty if you absolutely crunch aaron Rodgers and at the time bring in his backup uh zach wilson who by the way he's got a nice little thing going right figuring now
1: figuring a little bit yeah, yeah.
0: i want to say i want to see, see the endorsements that go flooding his way right right it's not going to be taylor swift showing up but i'm very curious to see what goes on here with zach wilson and, and where he goes if he can win a few more ball games um so it's it's not a if my quarterback gets hurt it's the win so i don't know I, I, I mean i get it it's their decision they can pay it, whatever but i think i would have uh, i would have sided on on the cautious here and maybe maybe taken the insurance on Aaron Rodgers and i know i understand this is rearview mirror i got it yeah i, was no, I say. I, yes. I got it but i'm giving you my thought process what it would have been looking forward saying this guy's gonna get hit and he's going to get hit a lot, and he's 39 years old. Might want to take out that insurance policy.
1: I was speaking to someone for this story who likened uh, this insurance uh, to car, uh, rental car insurance. Yeah, that there are some people that get it always. There are people that Woody well, n- never he is paying. Woody is
0: paying Aaron with his with his American Express, so it's fine. <laughs> he's covered it. He's covered there.
1: I think I think where that argument kind of breaks down is the point that is is what we're saying here. Also, is that this is not. Um, this is not just any player, right? This is the the most important player on your team. Uh, he's relatively old by NFL standards. Uh, he has been injured a number of times in the past. He's missed a number of games in the past for for various injuries. Um, so the Jets decided to self, self-insure. My big question will be the next time the Jets sign a... A huge star, a, a big guaranteed contract. Do they revisit this policy of, 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 of not doing this insurance? Or do they continue ahead saying, I know we got burned that one time, but on the whole, we've come out ahead by, by not paying these high premiums and we're going to continue to do it? but it's interesting to me Scott that there are there's so much groupthink in the NFL mm-hmm. 32 teams that that generally watch what everybody else is doing take back best practices the fact that there are NFL teams that have from what we understand 15 or more insured players contracts on their team, and there are some NFL teams that have zero insured contracts on their team, I think is really fascinating. Because yep. again, that, that, that is two vastly different approaches um, to, to to the exact same roster construction and, and finance question. Um, and, and the fact that, that in the modern NFL, there's that big a gap in some of these things um, will continue to surprise me.
0: My star running back and my star quarterback. If I'm handing that ball off 25, 30 times a game, mm. If I'm dropping back 25, 30 times a game, I am insuring you. Take, a, take us out. Take us higher, Mr. Novi Williams.
1: <laughs> Can you take me higher? He is Scott Soschnick on Twitter at Soschnick. I am Evan Novi Williams on Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. The show is produced by Aaron Greenewald, who might cut out all of this for copyright infringement, but thank you to Aaron. Sportico's digital media editor, Cora Veltman, who may or may not be a Creed fan, would like you to know that you can follow the show on Twitter at Sporticast, which is the hub of the Sportico Media Network.